You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Long ago, before podcasts were about movies, two men came together with one singular plan to forge a podcast so unlistenable, so so ludicrous in concept, so niche in in audience that only 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 a few would actually dare tune in those two men are brought before us today i'm just sort of setting up the whole arc of the podcast you know just because before you start the episode the best way to get you to sort of understand the story is to just sort of like describe it as if you're just sort of doing an elevator pitch to the audience yeah just as if like you you don't feel like explaining it during the movie. Just get it all out of the way as quick as possible. <laughs> this, uh, I mean, in case you're just, you know, confused what's going on because you don't listen to the mini episodes, we watched Thor Dark World, which starts with 10 minutes of exposition at the beginning. Have you ever had a friend who plays D&D uh, in a game that you're not in? And one po- at some point you make the mistake of being like, Hey man, how's your game going? <laughs> and then they start to tell you the intricate lore uh, of their world, um, uh, just just ad nauseum. That is the the first fifteen minutes of Thor: Dark World. Yeah, um, I, I, I feel like they they watched Lord of the Rings and like this works great here, but then they realize that there's like nine thousand world reveals in the Lord of the Rings that they forgot to do in this movie. They just straight are like, here's the plot. We're never going to touch on it again. <laughs> Look, we're coming in hot. We're, we're coming blazing in hot. Um, uh, just this, keep... this movie did not make me happy. <laughs> what we want to do is capture the Thor Dark World experience for you. So uh, I'm going to stop the podcast at, inter- at different moments and just describe the dreams I had. And you're going to have to hope that those dreams will at some point be contextually relevant to the episode. <laughs> We'll also keep showing like the same clips of people back in another world over and over again until finally they just go get the guy who's the scientist. They like they showed three times him running naked. It's like well, this feels like a bit they already played out. We're also going to talk about um, four different films during this episode about Thor: Dark World because we don't want there to be one cohesive discussion. You know what I mean? We want it to be all over the fucking map. Yeah, just. And we're going to introduce like a bunch of characters who will then all individually bow out of the movie about a halfway, <laughs> third way of the third of the way through. And we don't mean like narratively, they'll sort of step out of relevancy. I mean, they will literally look at the camera and be like, see ya. Yeah. It's me, Zachary Levi, wearing a bad goatee. I'm off now. <laughs> I've done my part. You'll never see me again. Oh <laughs> boy, this movie was not good. As Zachary Levi fades off screen, you hear him say uh, to the director, they didn't, they didn't cut this. This is a funny story. They didn't cut this. It kind of got caught in the audio. He's just like, and I'm just done? That's what he said. That's what he says. So can um, I go be in another superhero movie? <laughs> we'll talk about it? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so Thor Dark World is, 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 is a film. Um, I gotta say, this is an interesting take because uh, if you listen to the mini-sode, you would have been aware of this. Pogues uh, has seen this film. In theaters. In theaters, no less. 
I have not seen it, so this was a this was a brand new uh, experience for me. There was lots I didn't expect, and I didn't have the worst time. And I will ex- I'll explain some of the things that I I enjoyed, namely just getting to see a little bit of more of Asgard, other than just like the brief glimpses that we get it in the other movies before it's like soundly destroyed. But then, of course, it is also soundly destroyed in this one too, because apparently Asgard's like just like turbo weak. Like I guess is the gist that I'm getting. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to put it. Just Asgard in this movie, you would think, is run by, like, two gods and then just, like, 48 LARPers. Like, the <laughs> guards are fucking incompetent. They don't really explain why nobody else has magic powers. And then the ones who do, magic powers just don't work. Like, at one point in the film, uh, Hemdale, whose, like, whole thing is he can see everything. That's, like, the premise of not only the character... But the god the character is based on, eh, there's a ship cloaked 40 feet above Asgard. He's like, shit, man, I can't see it. I can see it because it's cloaking. It's not that great. And don't get me fucking started on the fact that you just said, like, ship, as in spaceship. Like, don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that was the start of what was, I think, a number of problems. I, when I, all I remember when I saw this movie was the very end where they're in whatever that... I don't even know what square that is they're in, uh, in Greenwich. And I was, that's all I, that's like the only part of the movie I remember. And I remember the movie just not being good. Those are like the two things I remember. Oh, and the, uh, Loki at one point turns into Captain America. Those are the only three things I can recall from the film. So when we rewatched him, I was like, oh, I think I remember why I can't remember the villain. Because he's a villain from a different film. And they just put him in this one. Because he is like, I, he, feels like almost like a cross between Ronan and uh, Idris Elba's bad guy from the last Star Trek movie. Yeah, or or uh, uh, Doctor Strange's, uh, that act, Benedict Cumberbatch's villain from yes. the other Star Wars movie, Star Trek movie. Yeah, yeah, it is 100% like a Star Trek film that got cut from a different script and, and fell into this script. And yeah, so the movie starts with this exposition in which they explain... Before there was the universe was around, there was the Infinity Gems and apparently the Dark Elves. I don't know how they showed up at the same time or why they have to be called Dark Elves, because if they were the only elves, wouldn't they have just been called elves? <laughs> but I digress. And uh, they appear to be in... Um, did you ever see Chronicles of Riddick? Those weird, like, necromancer ships? Like, they're just really unpractical... Uh you're referring to the necromongers yes the necromongers that was it it's just like that sort of like all like really confusing ship architecture where you're just like this would make the ship not defensible like it would just be so much surface area to be hit by things and so easy to see on a skin but they're like before the unit when the universe was young and then the asgardians around but the asgardians show up and they look exactly like they do in the thor movies they're in gold armor they have lances that shoot out lasers, kind of. But the Dark Elves have, like, straight-up laser guns and, like, weird battle suits. And they're in these gigantic flying spaceships that look like T's for some reason. But then their big their big uh, fight mechanic is they stick some stones in people and it turns them into big monsters. And But, but here's the part that's absolutely infuriating that I could not get over the entire movie, is that the villain of this movie where everyone's just sort of medieval like medieval style gods i mean they have guns and grenades they have yes. laser guns they have and grenades. grenades 
And it's so disoriented. I know, like, Thor Ragnarok has this whole space component to it. But at least at that point, he is taken far away <laughs> to a strange land. Yeah, I, I think these... the thing that makes it so egregious is um, that this is supposed to be, like you said, like Thor Ragnarok with the guns and everything, you kind of overlook it because they're not in Asgard. They're in another, like, a space world. And you're like, yeah, other worlds would have guns. The movie starts at the dawn of the universe, and these guys were like, we built deep space travel... <laughs> And laser guns. And our plan is to blot out the sun, I guess? I, I'll be honest, I still am not 100% sure what their plan was. At no point could any audience member ever be entirely clear on a number of things in this list. What the Aether, or the Reality Gem, can actually do, why anyone wants it, what the villain is up to, and why he wants to do it, what the relative power level of, like laser is to as guardian because it's unclear because their shields absorb the blast in one example and the other example they cook them in their own suits so i i don't know yeah. who or what anybody is in this movie it's also like really dumb when you have people with like shields that are absorbing laser guns and they're like carrying swords just like this is fucking dumb pick one or the other like and the aesthetic of the dark elves is like power rangers bad like it's just people in like black suits like space suits it's so boring looking which is infuriating because it, it is essentially the same the same like uh committee decided dodge of like well we can't have the x-men in yellow suits that's ludicrous let's just give them like paintball armor and just call it yes. a day and the thing that and makes it so bad though was imagine the x-men were all dressed in like gimp suits or like biker gear and then all the villains are still dressed in the comic book costumes. You would just be like, well, the X-Men look even stupider now. And that's the way this is, because surrounding these people in, like, not very interesting costumes and these weird, like, emoji mask are all the characters from the Thor movies dressed like the characters from the Thor movies. So, like, in these really weird outfits that have, like, giant buckles on them and all this shit, and they're carrying swords or they have, like, weird, like, curly mustaches. And then there's just, like, these bizarre... It's just so out of place. The whole time I just kept thinking, it's so dumb. I don't get why they picked this way. Yeah, and it's even because... dumber to be, like... I, I don't know. My whole problem is the the fact that, like... Thor's magic, all right? But they keep saying he's not. But everything he does is magic. Mjolnir is magic. Like, you can't pick it up unless you're worthy. That's not a science thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you can't right. make a gun and be like, if you're not good enough, it just won't fire. The vibe that Thor puts out is that he is, like, a medieval warrior uh, that just has... Like 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 uh, 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 like superhuman strength and like a, a power and, and and ability because of imbued by magic. So we we, we see him, in, you know, the vibe that the people think of when they think of Thor is like him and his warriors three and whoever else just sort of like wielding weapons of the past, but in, in such a phenomenal super superhuman way that they can like leap bounds and sweep whole armies down with a hue of their blade. That's like the vibe we get, but in this movie, it's like, yeah, it's that, but also, what if everyone had Star Trek laser guns? And it's just, yes, <laughs> but just arbitrarily, <laughs> because early in the movie, they're fighting a group of like people in Valheim or somewhere. For they never really explain why Asgard is getting involved in like a turf war in another world, right. but um, they're all of them look like Mad Max characters. 
Like, or like the Reavers from, uh, what's it called? Serenity? Like, they're just like, you're just like, oh, and they all have like blades and stuff. And then like the Dark Elves show up and they're in spaceships and it just makes no sense. And then like, so the Dark Elves show up and they're like, well, Heimdall can't see them. But his sight is magic and their ship is just bending light. And he sees one earlier. So they've already said he can see them if they're cloaked. So it makes zero sense he can't see them in the movie. It's just like they're like, well, we have to explain why Heimdall just can't find them. Uh, so he just can't see. And it's like really lazy. And like a huge portion of the movie felt like that. Like just super lazy to be like, uh, we need this to happen. So um, uh, nobody knows how to get out of Asgard but Loki. So we got to get him out of prison. Like their ideas were just the lamest way to do everything they wanted to do. Uh, yeah, and at the same time that they're sort of, like, blurring all the lines between what a laser is and what a sword can do, because we see a sword fail to hurt the villain who's just wearing regular armor, but it does cut through a whole spaceship. I, yes. I, uh, someone's, like, Heimdall stabs a dagger into a spaceship, and it completely disintegrates and falls into the ocean. And later on, like, Thor throws fucking Mjolnir at one, and it just sort of, like, ricochets off. And I was like, what's happening? What, what is anything? As, as does the villain also just sort of smack Mjolnir away during the final fight, yet Loki picks up a sword off of one of his henchmen and stabs it through his torso. And I was like, I, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I there's, don't get it. Yeah, it was just so confusing. Which is, like I said, it just felt like they were, they were like, well, here's, like, the five beats we need to happen. Uh, they have to get Loki out of prison. Loki double crosses Thor because we've yet to come up with a better idea to how to use Loki. Um, we need uh, the final scene to be in London because we're trying to appeal to a European market. Uh, we, you know what I mean? And then they just tried to reverse engineer it. And instead of like being clever to be like, well, maybe Loki escapes prison or, you know, the Dark Elves let him go thinking he'll wreak havoc and something else happens. No, they're just like, I don't know. He's the only one who knows how to get him out, so they have to let him go. And then I guess he'll get hurt and fake his own death so that he can be free because we want to be able to make him appear in another movie and betray people. Thank God uh, Thor Ragnarok broke that fucking trend of just lazy-ass writing. <laughs> but in addition in addition to like receiving uh, uh, this sort of like strange fantasy plot spelled out to us in, in weird vignettes and kind of unhinged scenes... Um, I compared the beginning of this movie to uh, to the start of Rogue One, which is a movie I like, but but the beginning of Rogue One is like, here's an interesting character, and everyone sort of sits forward in their seats being, oh, cool, I'm curious to know this girl who's lost her parents and some connection to the Empire and he's a regretful architect. This is interesting. I wanna, oh, no, we're onto a new person? Okay, well, this guy's kind of cool. Uh, a, a sort of a scoundrel who'll shoot someone in an alley and escape. It's, oh, another person? Okay. Uh, another 10 more <laughs> like yeah. all right sl please just give me one i liked i liked the first couple can we just stick with those for a and, and could you maybe have picked two actors who didn't look as similar as the imperial <laughs> agent and the rebel agent because twice i confused who they were but this movie does the same thing where it's like hey we're introducing you to this lord of the rings fantasy intro oh okay well now we have the stage set for sorry what we're doing we're doing what now we're going to to jane foster on a date in london well, that's odd. All right. Well, yeah, well, yeah. It goes, it goes opening with them explaining what the ether is, then to Thor showing up to fight at this city, 
then Thor being to be clear, like pensive because be we're supposed to see he's grown and he doesn't want to party as much. Then clear, Jane Foster. Th- then Thor, back to Thor. Thor is going to a random battle that has no relevance to the Aether yes. that you were just introduced to. He is just going to a battle. Not a battle of the people trying to get the Aether. Just people who are fighting yeah. over, I don't know, grain? I have yeah, no idea. That's the thing. Is they never explain. But then they take those people and they imprison them in the stupidest prison I've ever seen in my life where they leave them in their full body armor and just put them in like a glass box with each other and no toilet. It just seems like the worst prison. And then they're like, eh, two guards should handle this. Yeah, and that's... Yet another problem, I think that's the theme of this episode, is that we know that, as we discussed at the beginning of the episode, Asgard is the home to the gods. So I guess the gist here is that this divine realm has powerful Asgardians that make up the citizenry and then like really talented warriors that maybe were citizens, but Yeah, I don't see this level. is this is something else we sort of mentioned is in the well, first in the first Thor movie, they imply that all of the Norse gods are real. And they're, you know, in the first movie, they're very, they keep saying they're aliens because they didn't want to say gods because I don't know if they were like afraid they would offend Christians or something. I don't really understand why in the first movie they were like, well, we can't have him be the real Thor. That would be stupid. You know what I mean? As if like, that's a bridge too far. But But they mentioned that all of them are real. So where the fuck are all the rest of them? Because there's a shit ton of Norse gods. Like, where's Baldur? Where's Tyr? Where's, you know, all these different gods that are supposed to be alive and hanging out in uh, Asgard? Why why does it seem like only Thor and Odin have real magic strength and power? And Odin spends most of the battle just walking through hallways. Like, he's, he's supposed to be like this unkillable deity, and he does nothing. Yeah, it's and, very and, dumb. And, and the whole city, including the king, is guarded by what appear to be just mortal men. People who just yes. get absolutely dunked on by the nearest barbarian. And I'm like, what What do they enforce? I mean, <laughs> like, if, 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 if at least, like, a third of the population is superhuman, like, god, demigod-like, and maybe another third are powerful warriors like the Warriors 3, who I, I, I think are just regular Asgardians who have achieved some kind of like status from just you know conquest and 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 success in their adventures what do they guard against like just it seems like one god could just dunk all of asgard into the sea because like there's no one protecting it and yeah. and then the, these these ships show up and kill everybody and they have no they, they have like vague defenses against spaceships because it's unclear again where the technology is coming from because Elves that were literally destroyed, as the intro told us, destroyed themselves, wiped themselves out, don't exist anymore, left to some reach of the cosmos, and, like, created space travel and lasers. I don't Yeah, it's so weird. And then, during the same thing, we get the, the, like, the scene where Thor's like, oh, we have to leave, because otherwise, these people, you know, he's going to show up and try to kill... Like, he's, he's going to keep attacking Asgard until he gets the ether, And you're like... And Odin's like, yeah, that's the way it'll be. Then he'll, you know, his troops will die on 10,000 Asgardian swords. And he's like, well, how many of our men will die? And you're like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But then you start realizing, as Ben pointed out, he only has the one ship. And, like, half of the people on it are dead. And we find out when he eventually shows up to fight Thor, 
There's eight of them left. There's eight regular people, or maybe 12 regular people, and the one monster guy and the main boss. They should have just stayed in Asgard. I don't care how shitty this uh, their air defense is. Eight people aren't going to do a lot. Yeah, it, it, they they already had it locked down, and and there's a there's a point like deep into the second act where I just like set out loud to post like, why are we here? Because we're 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 told this aether is this like MacGuffin artifact, which I know all of us now in hindsight know is a uh, is a is a is a part of the a part of the uh what are the, the stones um. But 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 the Infinity Stones. Uh, but but at this point, it's just described as sort of like a spooky mist. Like that yeah, just, like, it's very confusing because it's a mist. But then when Thanos gets it, it's a stone. It's a, it's a stone. But more more important than that, even when the villain is wielding it, it never bends reality. It doesn't it seem just, to actually do anything. It just makes black smoke. It and just that, makes that apparently... him kind of hard to kill. Yeah, and not it, even that hard to kill. It, 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 it's 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 actually similar to like what it's like with the villain from Guardians of the Galaxy, who is also you know in this movie's defense kind of a relatively undeveloped villain, but but at least he's got the power gem, which and at you, least you, you understand what his motivation is. His race was basically destroyed by that yeah. planet, and he wants revenge. I get it; it's not a deep backstory, but I understand but, the premise. But also the power gem, you know, it's a little ill-defined, but we understand that it it takes someone and grants them an immense amount of physical power which makes them resistant to death and you know able to like swing their hammer and like crush worlds the reality gem has a very specific use and that's not seen here which is it's bizarre not seen because... it's not seen ever we were talking about that too it's yeah, never it, really it, used Thanos in... never uses it i mean we were talking about how fucking useful the reality gem would be i mean think about just being like i am thanos i guess my guys have oxygen and your guys don't that's the new reality <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can't breathe oxygen. This is an oxygen-rich planet. Suck it. There's all uh, sorts gravi- of yeah. My my gravity's normal. Your gravity's one thousand times. Oh, you've been crushed into a ball. Excellent. Well, I guess let's finish my conquest. I mean, but, I don't understand why nobody. Can and it this also thing out. seems like this guy's big plan, as near as I can tell, is the dark elves just wanted there not to be light anymore. But I I still cannot figure out why that mattered to them. I get they're called the Dark Elves, so they like it dark. But I could not figure out they weren't any stronger in the dark. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't seem to have... Like, it wasn't like they had extra powers until there was, you know, some star appeared. So what was their reasoning for wanting to turn the unit? They never really explained what that gave them or why it mattered. It's definitely the Bond villain pointing the giant laser he built back at the planet he lives on and it's just like what for what reason though for what reason <laughs> um but the movie oscillates for quite a while it's like the whole first act between sort of vaguely defined like ill-defined uh, uh uh stakes with this aether and asgard to jane foster and um her intern who now has an intern of her own. Yeah, every time they cut back to, or especially the first time they cut back to Jane Foster, it's like a comedy, but like without jokes. But it's clear that it's supposed to be like lighthearted. She's on a date and it's not going well. And I guess, you know, that's 
that's the bit and then darcy comes in and oh she's crazy and you know sassy just like in the first movie oh it's so good and then we find out she has an intern and there's a bit there and then they suddenly jane fonster finds the ether because i guess they had to you know figure out a way to shoehorn this whole plot together as quickly as possible it's just really dumb and it's 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 maddening because there's briefly moments of interest uh the the scientists on earth um pursue uh, an, an anomaly that has just sort of popped up in some warehouse district in london that they're tracking um which has led to like all kinds of gravity and like portals and and all kinds of uh, uh, of connection problems that lead jane to be stumbling into the uh where the stone was and i'm gonna put this in giant quotes hidden yeah i don't think it was hidden it's on a platform i guess just in the sewers somewhere i have no idea um but but that's interesting the idea that that the planets are aligning or, or the 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 universes, the planes, or whatever you want to call them, are aligning and creating sort of this connection that's bringing over beasts and creatures from the various realms. That's interesting, but that's not the plot. It's a little bit of the plot, but like when the time comes that there's an overlap of all these dimensions and the possibility of all kinds of interesting creatures to come out, we get one sort of rhino beast from some frost realm, and then that is it. I mean, there's so many incredibly interesting Thor villains. I, I can't remember what his name is. Um, there's like a giant like prince of like the fire realm that we see probably in that like portal when we get a glimpse at it, but he never is like present. There's so many like possible interesting like Asgardian villains, like the, the sort of pseudo Greek and Norse gods that could just make an appearance as a way more interesting villain for this sequence than... Well, I mean, uh, the Malekith is a classic thor villain he appeared like in tons of comics and he's not like a bad villain he's much more interesting and in the comics my recollection now this is from a long time ago i read some is i'm pretty sure the dark the dark elves are killed by the asgardians and that's what he wants revenge for he wants to just kill the asgardians for killing off the dark elves and that's it and I think Odin betrays him somehow because he uses him to do something and then I think he turns on the Dark Elves. I really don't remember, but there's a better background than just, I guess we just want the world to be dark again? Question mark? Yeah. So it, it's like such a waste. Of, like, it's not necessarily that Malekith is a bad villain. It's just their idea of what they should have done with him was very confusing and just and sort the, of dumb. And the other problem with Malekith is that, like, I mean, he's he, he has a lot of different renditions, you know, depending on where you where you might find him and what comic. But but generally, what I what I get from it, the vibe, if you could look up some pictures of him in the comics and not in the movie, is that he's sort of like a very like uh, 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 theatric Shakespearean kind of villain. You know what I mean? And and he's being played by Christopher uh, or Christopher Eccleston, who plays Doctor Who famously. Um, and he, you would never guess it was him or anyone, any living human, because his lines are delivered like he's Spock. I don't know what the deal is. He's got no, he's got no, you know, charisma. And I don't think it's Christopher necessarily that's the problem. He's, he's not been given a personality to work with. Yeah, I mean, his character is nothing. It's worthless. He, he could just be literally anything. It does not matter. 
he he's just no... the backdrop for a very boring film he expresses no rage he doesn't seem to have any like emotional moment where he shouts about how odin betrayed him or odin was responsible for the fall of his people he just kind of stomps around and says i would like this gem please uh i now have the gem off to kill everything everything that exists for some unknown reason and he delivers no monologue no interesting snippets into his personality or background you know the exact opposite of why people liked like thanos because we could, thanos had like cool lines and monologues and he had uh he, he had, had a backstory <laughs> he had a backstory he had sort of an argument for the galaxy that you know was fucked up but at least there was like a, a, a yeah sense not of great logic, logic but at least yeah yeah it was questionable but at least he had like a step that got him there yeah it's uh, just such a shame because so much of this movie is really dumb and wasted like there's just the movie's not even two hours which thank god but uh, like the whole stuff with uh dr selvik being arrested and put in the jail for running around naked at stonehenge it's just 15 minutes out of the movie that you could just remove there's no we, reason to even we have keep it in there coming back to it yeah that's i mean it, there's so much wasted time and so you get a villain that has no development and then what's weird is the amount of time they waste with that stuff they also try to set up like the romance between thor and uh gene foster but in this movie i felt like Thor had more chemistry with, I don't know, a couple of the, uh, what is it, the Warriors 3? Like, he just seemed so, it was just so boring. Like, they never did anything. This movie really just felt like they were told, you have to fill two hours. And somebody was like, okay, I'm just going to start typing. And whatever comes out, no edits. The only interesting back and forth, I think, between any of the characters is between thor and loki and even that is not even all that much screen time no and i mean the back and forth between thor and odin is okay but it feels like it wasn't even that good of a uh, conversation it's just because like anthony hopkins makes no matter what he says sounds like sound like something with like a little more gravitas you know what i mean just because it's yeah, anthony I mean, hopkins we should we should note the casting is just fucking on yeah on. and it's great and so like i don't know if the speech like when they're arguing about what they should do i'm like i don't know if that was actually that well written but like and then there's just like a bunch of so much there's i guess my problem is i would say everything in this movie is unearned like they kill off frigga um odin's wife in these movies um they kill her off and but it's just like so pointless that she dies it it serves no real purpose it's brought up like twice after that it's sort of an afterthought and that's it like it doesn't really it has no there's no emotional pain like when she dies i wasn't like oh my god they killed her i was just like oh for some reason i remember loki killing her so you, know, you can tell how well i remember the movie she's but, not in any other film right she's in the first one is she Mm-hmm. yeah so that's like sort of where i was like ah oh, this is just like you kill off what should be an emotional moment and thor doesn't even seem to really be that bothered by it like there's one shot of him looking kind of sad but there's no like emoting there's no scene where he talks about how much she meant to him when he goes to see loki loki's like devastated and he's sitting there and he's like he's been crying he destroyed his cell looked like he rubbed poop on the walls uh he's (laughs) upset and he loki says something and thor's just like nah i didn't i didn't come down here to share our grief and that's like just it we're just never going to talk about so it's like why kill her off 
it's a real you know Chekhov's uh, matricide. You know what I mean? Like why murder even the, her for no even reason? The even the characters admit to themselves in canon that they don't want to do a scene about this. Like it's yes, like, yeah, he was just on. like, I don't have time. Like, and I feel like that almost had to be written in. Like somebody read the script and they were like, you know, you killed Frigga and you never really address it. Guy was like, I'll take care of this. I'm not here to share our grief. Help us escape. Period. I and, can't. I mean, I can't even begin to explain how. I mean, Frigga is pretty un- undeveloped, but. No one is less developed than Jane Foster, who is yes. literally a suitcase for the MacGuffin artifact for the whole movie. Yeah, even at the end, her like big save is she. They bring these things that are supposed to help Thor. And they really don't do anything. Like it feels like Thor could have just killed that guy because the means in which they kill him is parts of his body get teleported to another plane and that kills him. So I, I think Thor could have just hit him a bunch of times with a hammer and it would have killed him because at the end he's killed by the spaceship falling on him. So blunt force trauma is all it took to kill a guy who has an infinity stone with him. It, it's actually also, inside of him. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll accept the vague the vague description because at the end we're told that they've been carrying around these like, these like, what look like seismic readers, these little spikes that you would stick in the ground to pick up, you know, variations in the air that apparently were meant to sort of determine like the dimensional like variations that were being caused by the 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 big convergence cosmic event that's taking place but somehow with the twist of a knob she turns them into like activators of said effect which is like yes which they they don't even explain it's basically just said as they run in that's oh, not how sensors work, by the way. If I yeah. if, if I if I have a if I have a reader that can measure like the, the seismic activity of an earthquake, it can't with a quick turn of a knob create an earthquake. <laughs> it is so weird that like because like they literally run into frame and um Darcy I think says something, he's like, is this even gonna work? Or no, what's I guess it's Selvig's like, I made those to detect the features, not cause them. And she's like, trust me, it'll work. And then that's just it. There's they no do. scene where they, and it's just, and that's, I mean, everything's like so boring and unearned. It's just like, they wanted to get to this scene. They want to get to this scene. So things just happen in a sequence just to get there. And there's no explanation. Nothing's earned. The characters seem to have zero motivation to do what they're doing. Thor doesn't yeah. seem particularly in love with Jane Foster. She doesn't really seem that in love with him either, other than we're told she moped around for a while. You know? Yeah, I think we mentioned it while watching that, uh, that, that, like, the space, like, when the spaceships, the, I hate that I'm even describing this, when the, the Dark Elf spaceships arrive and attack uh, Asgard, um, uh, Heimdall f- catches one coming in, which is like, blew it dude um and he jumps up and he stabs it with a dagger and it it absolutely just eviscerates it in half and then later it like crashes through an entire building and is and is fully intact and is able to take off and be flown by the other characters later on with no damage having been sustained and then like again thor like teleports a piece of it away and like the entire mothership like crumples to stone like it's made of fucking plaster and like (laughs) and paper mache like the, the 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 heroes don't have boundaries to what their powers do. The, yeah. the technology doesn't. The magic doesn't. Even it's, like it's, things that were already established. Thor's hammer always returns to him. It's that's in the first movie. It's in all the Avengers movies. Nothing can stop it. 
you know, unless he's like hit and knocked unconscious. Uh, one of the monsters just knocks it away a couple of times and then is killed by, is stabbed by, like you said, a regular sword and then just killed by a grenade. So we're saying that a hammer that is supposed to be the ability to create a weather phenomenon, even in space, uh, and is, you know, can tell whether or not a person's worthy to wield it, the greatest weapon in Asgard, and eh, it's does about it, it's actually worse than just having a sword or a grenade. <laughs> so what's the point? You know what I mean? Like they just introduce this stuff and because it it's there's no consistency, it's just really boring to watch. Like I while watching it we were talking and at one point we just started having a conversation about something not in the movie we were just talking about something i forget even what it was we were talking about like another movie or something but we talked for like two minutes we missed nothing like i was reading the subtitles while we were talking nothing happened we missed no exposition no explanation of anything it was just a pointless scene we talked through and in the end like it was just so like when we watch these normally, we don't just stop. Even really bad movies, we're like usually making jokes and stuff. We literally just stopped watching a film to have a conversation. And we were going to talk for an hour afterwards. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we complain about this with other movies. You have to set, even with your, your fantasy magic stuff, we're not looking for realism. We're looking for, we're looking for consistency. We have to understand what matters and what and what and what is and what what weaknesses exist you know so that yeah. we can then be concerned when the character is presented with those weaknesses and go oh shit that's the thing that hurts thor oh here we go like even though that thin that, that thin enough reasoning is enough to get you interested in a scene but when when characters seem to just like either live die or depart the narrative as to whatever suits the, their casting their 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 casting calendar I mean, it doesn't just—it just doesn't really feel like I'm—I'm I'm, I'm watching a story as much as I am a committee that just like wrote three scripts and then glued them together. Yeah, yeah, because it is. Uh, yeah, I think you're just—you you worded it perfectly. It's just such a bizarre, <laughs> like just so much wasted space. It, it's just crazy. I and like the amount of characters introduced who then just fuck off like within 10 minutes of being introduced sif is like around for a little bit and then she's just written out and then they and we just, get some, you know don't care about moment her where she exchanges looks with jane foster as if to suggest you know like kind of like uh i'm trying to remember the two characters from one of the rings um the competing love interest for uh oh Strider. yeah erwin and yeah uh, I forget the other one's name. It's the same thing. We get this idea that like that that Strider has been around for a very long time, and so he knows you know uh, the Elven woman. Uh, all my names leave my head. Um, he, he's known her for so for so long, and then he meets this you know newer woman, and there's sort of this idea where they're both powerful, they're both you know competent and independent, but they both love him. You know, it's like an interesting sort of dynamic. Um, and the, there's a suggestion of that twice in the beginning, where like Jane Foster and her exchange looks and. When she comes to rescue him, there's sort of like a tension, uh, and then she so just just says uh, "see ya" and like backflips out of the movie. And then yeah, she stays stop. to fight some guards. Then they run in, they run in, and whoever the chubbier of the three, and I'm not, I'm not. This isn't like me fat shaming. Like that's supposed to be his defining characteristic in the comics and in this is that he's really big and eats a lot. He uh, he pieces out. Then they meet up with the last guy. Fagin or Fargon or I forget what the fuck his name is. 
he's there and you're like oh he's gonna come with them nope he pieces out and then like has a moment where he literally looks at the camera and like waves and then just not in the movie anymore and Himdel or Heimdel has like helped and he calls Odin and he's like oh I committed treason and he's just out and it's like what was the point of all of this like I feel like Thor's plan would have worked better had they just not like told everybody that they were going to commit treason like couldn't Heimdel have just waited an hour and couldn't they have just snuck out instead of like causing a distraction and not to mention that you know if there had been like a location where they could go to sort of undo the connection of Jane to the Aether that was interesting but they don't they don't really have like a plan yeah. they, their they plan have, their plan is literally this give the, the bad villain. guy give the bad guy the the weapon and the moment it's out of Jane Foster I should be able to blow it up now at no point am I gonna think that's weird Odin's dad never tried to blow it up and he was probably stronger than I am no nobody questions that like at no point is somebody like Thor I don't think that's gonna work if they could have just blown it up I think they would have just blown it up earlier so that's their plan and it, shockingly it fails and at one point when he's telling odin he's like we could we could get out and he's like and what happens if he gets the weapon he's like it would be less bad than here it's like no it wouldn't you know what he wants to do with it he, it basically is implied when he succeeds all life in the galaxy dies so i think just some asgardians dying is a better trade-off i mean sorry asgardians but it's just so weird yeah yeah i i i I, my notes are are, are scattered across the various acts because there isn't um there isn't like a vibe here or a theme that crosses the various acts which i think is what bothers me and there's not even like an act structure really no there really isn't because thor has not really learned anything uh uh he didn't trust loki before and he shouldn't have trusted him and still shouldn't because he continues to have you know uh, yeah same 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 boring story yeah 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 um and 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 jane foster enters the movie um i i miss my hunky god man ah i found my hunky god man end of character yeah yeah it's for it's, good it's, apparently by the way like it, end of character forever it's also insane because like she's introduced she doesn't even really make the discovery that the conjunction is happening darcy just happens to mention it because we find out jane doesn't even do science anymore because she's so sad thor left she then happens upon this place and walks in and sees some weird like moving liquid and puts her hand in it and it turns out to be the ether and it like joins her body and you're just like okay so she doesn't even really have the she doesn't attempt to take it it's an accident then she has it and she's basically just carted around until it's sucked out of her at which point her big contribution is she somehow creates science but off camera so we don't even know how she did it and then that's it it is crazy so watching this really makes me wonder because you know uh thor love and thunder she's they're, they're gonna bring in female thor they're gonna bring in jane foster being able to wield i assume because that's what the, the speculation is so she's coming back and after watching this i just think why like there's nothing there to build they on have, they have not given her a lot of foundation to work with so they're yeah. gonna have to really like reinvent the character in a, in a big way yeah i wonder if they'll how close they'll stick to the comics you know where like she has cancer and basically she, as long as she's thor she won't die but each time she changes back away from thor she gets sicker or whatever i mean marvel has gotten more comfortable with, with being daring and with mm-hmm. giving directors autonomy over 
my here's here's my huge concern the i you know who the villain is right i'm not going to spoil it for you uh, i don't it's christian it's, it's christian bale and he's playing gore the god butcher i was really hoping you were just going to say it's christian bale yeah like, it's just christian like just, the actor just known as christian thor. bale has achieved godhood and he is now challenging asgard he's just yelling at thor for walking in front of a lighting <laughs> rig <laughs> fucking amateur um no but i'm worried because after seeing this and then remembering thor ragnarok as much as i love uh i, I don't know how you say his name and i'm just gonna say it wrong so i don't <laughs> takiti T- i don't know how you say it man i just feel bad every time i try <laughs> i understand you know i just hate to butcher a person's name um but like and i remember thor ragnarok and i just think i don't know if he, it, this is this is gonna be bad because the the storyline that gore the butcher's from is like my favorite thor storyline I, I i absolutely adore it it's so good and after watching this it made me remember oh, i don't like the thor movies and thor ragnarok was okay but my big problem was it was half a comedy half a movie about a woman genociding a race of people <laughs> and it just makes me think oh, it is, this is gonna play out well i mean Thor, Thor, Thor Ragnarok was. I mean, if you listen to our episode on it, it's great. The pe- people liked it. I remember my mom, who's not uh, my parents, who aren't like Marvel or any kind of comic book watchers, have only seen scattered movies. One of them being Thor Ragnarok, and one of them being um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They love them both immensely, and I get it. It's a very like entertaining film. But you're right; the themes there in Ragnarok are very bizarre. But uh, but at least there was coherent stories and, and some movement for the characters i mean that thor gets a yeah, really yeah, serious there's, there's, arc in ragnarok you yeah know I mean? yeah like, thor actually becomes likable like I, I i'll be honest i always like i mean in the mcu i think thor is garbage he's not empathetic he's i mean he's not like a character you care like he's very whiny for a god and then even when he learns like his lesson and he's supposed to be more mature he's still kind of whiny it's not really until ragnarok and then infinity war and endgame that the character actually becomes interesting and yeah, they like took, grows they, t- they took too long to give him consequence to make him likable because that's what he needed is he because essentially thor that we meet early on is like a spoiled rich kid i mean yeah he's... and he doesn't really change and then, yeah yeah and so and and i feel like his movies were the worst of the i mean especially the first one felt like we just have to explain who he is because we're going to make the Avengers. Right. So just write a movie that explains who Thor is. And that's why there's all that like, weird background of trying to explain why, you know, he's named Thor, like the Norse God, instead of just being like, yeah, they were the gods. Period. Which also, this is also something that just makes me so confused. They keep saying that Thor isn't a god, but the character of Gore the God Butcher's plan is to murder all gods implying there's more than just the norris gods <laughs> so i don't know how they're gonna dress that one in the movie but yeah so i you know i'm i'm hoping but after watching this man it, i was just like jesus christ i forgot how bad this movie's really just I, I don't even want to call it like plain toast you know what i mean where there's just nothing there because like even plain toast is better than this oh damn damn Pope it's just chill. it's just dry white bread oh my god and like wonder bread where it's like 80 percent air (laughs) 80 percent air might be a good description of this movie yeah i think so 80 percent air two percent oil 
so l- l- let me put it in this context if if a person would be to, to be doing their marvel rewatch i have a good friend of mine that uh friend of the show chris doom who is doing a marvel rewatch right now it's been interesting to hear his takes from watching movies that came out you know kind of a long time ago just like this podcast does um if someone were to say want to cover all the marvel you know storyline so they can catch up and you know watch endgame or something uh is this movie worth watching no it's 100 not even having like we told the story in the mini episode when we went to see when i went to see endgame we went to see it with a, a friend of ours from the podcast eric who was on the punisher episode and he was talking about how he had never seen this movie and he's like i watched all the other ones and i was like oh you'll be fine and then the movie shifted and i leaned over you know jokingly was like oh man i was so wrong this is entirely in dark world and in watching those scenes and afterwards i was like do you need me to explain anything from dark world and he was like no it doesn't seem like anything happened and i was like yeah you're right there is nothing to explain she gets the ether they take it out of her plot over there's really the only thing that really happens is thor's mom dies which i can't even remember in endgame do they does he stop it so it doesn't happen no okay i couldn't remember he's moved by the opportunity to see his mother again but you know they 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 can't i mean he's there to to only retrieve the uh retrieve the gem so he's yeah. able to like sort of reconcile with his mother but he's not able to sort of like uh oh i think she yeah yeah i think she knows that he's from the future and something bad happens or something and she yeah i i forget exactly what it's been a while since i watched endgame but yeah, I just don't think it's worth it. It's it's really boring, and it doesn't advance any plot at all. It, you don't need to see it even to know the ether is just an infinity gem. That's it. That's all you need to know. You know, there's nothing else. In, there's nothing else in this movie yeah, that matters gem, at all. The gem needed to be a vehicle for like a greater theme to be brought to bear. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it you, you can't hinge the movie on there's a gem that has a question mark level of power and question mark ability uh and we have to get it okay we got it neat like they had to be like tethered to something like a powerful like story about how thor can never really be uh 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 tethered to the mortal world even though that's where he wants to be because you know he he finds such great adventures there and he has a love there that's sort of hinted at never never attacked you know there's something there with like the fact that he you know is to be king and he doesn't know what it means to be king he doesn't know what to make a sacrifice truly is that's an interesting thread to pull we don't get that at all you know uh even his relationship with loki that maybe could be pushed forward you know the ball move forward a little bit on it it is not at all it's it's set to zero you know that you get it that's the the problem it, it, yeah nothing we, that's what i mean nothing we make happens. we make no distance uh uh narratively can canonically in the marvel i mean universe. i guess i guess at the end thor says he's not going to be king which i, I guess. guess is some sort of character development but I, again though unearned because we I, were not given any indication also, of why he i'm confused because i thought the end of the first thor movie he said he would be king i thought so too i was like uh, i was like didn't this already occur i don't think the movie is a, a full-on disaster. Yeah, it's it, it's it's empty, and I, I think that's the review people tend to give, and it's true. I don't think it's a full-on disaster. I, I don't think it's like a, a garbage fire or anything. So if you were to, if if I were to be sitting down 
to rewatch the movies. I might scrub a little bit through this one, but I don't. Think I'd I scrub would just a lot through it. it. It's so boring. <laughs> I, I've like while it watching this, dull, even but... talking to you, I was like, Jesus, this is fucking boring. This is just so. <laughs> like we've watched some real shitty movies, and there's like something. This was just fucking boring. All right. <laughs> I think well, I've said uh, that enough. For all of the listeners that are now no longer listening to this episode, as we've indicated that both it and the film are too boring, uh, I believe that's all. Uh, that's all we need. Um, uh, 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 if you were to it, let me ask you this, folks: of the MCU, you know, the phase one, two, three, whatever it is, um, is this the bottom? Um, yeah, I, I think it may be. I don't think any of them, especially having rewatched it. I used to think I was like, "Oh yeah, Thor: Dark World's the worst one," and I was like, "You know, I haven't seen it for a long time." And although I still haven't seen Captain Marvel, but I don't think I can't imagine it could be worse than this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the only one I didn't watch because I ended up seeing Endgame, or I ended up seeing Infinity War, and I was like, well, "What's the point now?" <laughs> I already, you know, it's like Eric; he's never going to go watch Dark World. He already had the end experience. <laughs> So I was like, eventually we'll watch it for the podcast. That's when I'll watch it. But yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely, even Ant-Man 2 was more, Ant-Man and the Wasp had more going on than this. And that really doesn't have a lot going on in it either. But this was just so boring. I think the only one that could maybe be worse than it is the first Thor movie. Like, I, I think that's the only one that's as boring. Maybe Iron Man 3, in my opinion. Yeah, but I think the first Thor movie, you know, there's so much new stuff happening that that is what holds your 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 attention. This movie does not have that. It has nothing. Partially. It literally just felt like it was set up to be like you have to explain that the ether is an infinity gem. So there's one more. And then I need you to get Loki out of prison. Cuz we shouldn't have ended him being in prison. That's our bad. Like, that's what it feels like, is they were just like, we just need these two things reset, thanks. So, I think that's it for our, you know, hopefully more entertaining than the movie take on <laughs> Thor Dark World. Come back next week for a mini-episode, and we'll tell you what movie's up next. That movie was so boring, I didn't even have an outro. <laughs> <laughs>